you want to check us out on all of our social media platforms, on Twitter at TinfoilHatCast, Reddit.com backslash R backslash TinfoilHatShow, on Instagram at TinfoilHatPod, or AllComedyTShirts.com, email us at TinfoilHatPod at gmail.com. Welcome back to another episode of Tinfoil Hat. Tinfoil Hat. Tinfoil Hat. Come with me into the waters of conspiracy with Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. Mr. Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. With my friend Ryan Davis. Uh, hi, Ryan. We're like the first gay couple of conspiracy theories. I think it's beautiful, man. What about their partner? Say that again. Wake up, Aaron. There's reptile people everywhere. Hey, man, where's hey, the man. truth there, dog? Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Are you ready to get your mind blown? Revolution will be podcasted. <laughs> yes! And welcome back to Tinfoil Hat. You know who we are. You know what we're here to do, guys. Uh, we want to thank everybody for your support. I particularly would like to thank everybody who has been joining our Patreon. Our Patreon has just been exploding. Uh, we put up two last week. We'll have one this week. We'll try to put up two. We're going to do the best we can, but thank you for your support. Uh, also, go to allcomedytshirts.com. All we are putting up new shirts all the time. we got a sweet Beavis and Butthead uh, design that we're going to work out to get on the shirt. So, uh, yeah, again, and if you have art that you would like to do for, for the show, we love all the art. Send it to us. We'll put it on. Um, we'll put it on our uh, our Patreon. We'll put it on everything. You know, it will be Instagram, whatever. And then we'll, if we if we can, we'll make it into a shirt. So this is a show for the people by the people. Okay. Joining me in studio is one of my. I want to. I don't want to say my oldest friend because you're not my oldest. One of my longest running friends. And this is how I know I'm getting old. Is everybody now has gray in their beard. Oh, isn't that I a bitch? Yeah, we all have gray. This is how old I'm getting, dude. I have gray's nose hairs. That is the sign When of you death. get the gray pubes and you look at your penis, you're like, E2, penis? E2, <laughs> E2. <laughs> uh, Joining me in studio, a good friend of mine. I don't know where I'd be without him. Uh, he helped get me into the comedy store. I love him to death. He's one of the funniest dudes. And literally, probably the only guy to have blown up and literally get nicer. I don't know anybody <laughs> that got actually nicer as they got bigger, but he is the one. My good friend, Masi Brian. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, yeah snap away, snap away. That's so good. thanks for coming this on, buddy. This makes me look fat. Let me just kind of... No, no, no. You, you don't look fat. <laughs> I mean, go. you're a brave man. Be In your 40s, wearing a white shirt? That's a Bro, brave this man. Is, this is baby blue. Baby blue. Uh, oh, that's a, that's a blue? Baby blue. <laughs> I'm growing old and <laughs> colorblind. And that colorblind. Is, you know what, baby you know, blue to you? you know That's what? periwinkle. <laughs> you know what uh, you just said about uh, growing old and, and blind? I was, uh, I was for, throughout my life, I've been around 175 to 185, just always. How until when? Just always, throughout my life. Since really? I was like in high school up until recently, I've always been 175 to 185. Always kind of maintain that, whether it was like I was thinner or, or more muscle or just fatter or whatever it was, always. And it always goes right to the belly oh, area, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So recently I'd, I was... Uh, Trying to, I hit like 189. Oh shit! Which freaked me out because I go, oh shit, 190. I'm gonna be 190. (laughs) So I started trying to come down, and I and I would weigh myself like every couple days, and I was trying to eat right, and I was trying to exercise, and I was coming down, coming down, and we have one of those electric uh, scales at the house. 
so I could stand on it, look down, and see the number. And then I went to my, with my buddy. We went to the gym, and they didn't have the electric. They had the one where you like stand on it, and the numbers <laughs> are right here. So I was trying to read the number. And I couldn't. Re- I, I had to like lean back because my eyes couldn't see the numbers. Yeah. I go, oh shit! I'm worried about getting fat. I'm yeah. going blind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fat and blind is a horrible way to uh, go through life. God, hold, dude. The fact that you've been 190 this long is amazing. Hey, bro, 175 to 185. Okay. Let's not go right to 190. <laughs> I did that TV show 10 years ago. Yeah. I've never been under 200. Oh man, I've been the whole time 200. <laughs> what do you weigh, Ryan? Uh, man, I got an eating disorder for sure. I've been like, uh, I'm like 160. That's awesome. What's your height? I'm like under six foot. Well, no, you're like 5'11"? Like, I'm 5'11". Yeah, I'm bony, man. Without this beard, I'm looking a little Yeah, but too, he's also, little... what, 35? Yeah, I'm 37. Yeah. Yeah, you're a baby, dude. I'm you know what it is? is it's, it's like you, I, I mean, I, I sometimes I go, you know what? Screw it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm decent. I'm fine, well, even if you you're hit 190. Great. But then like, you know, what, just all it takes is one person to even inadvertently shame you. So like my little girl, she's seven years old, and I was like hugging her or something, and then she just patted the belly. Oh, happens goes, all the time. Goes, Daddy, you're jiggly, and I was oh, like, ah. Yeah. So salads for the week. When I got really fat, this one waitress came up to me, and I gained weight, but she gained a little weight too. Uh, uh, and she started grabbing my gut, and like just out of nowhere, I just grabbed the side of her face right here and started wiggling it, and she just stared at me, uh, and I was like. You can't do that to a comic. You can't heckle a comic. Oh, yeah. I knew we you had a me too. Mo- I knew there was a me too moment in For your me? life. Yeah. Yeah. Like, dude, like Brogan said, there's only fat shaming on, on she, women. You can't no, fat shame. It's going to come out. He touched my third chin yeah. without thought, without my permission. Uh, uh, <laughs> did anyone else feel bad for Bert during that whole fat shaming? I was like, man, you guys are taking it. I felt oh. bad until I just saw that it just helped him start selling out everything. <laughs> That's you know? hilarious. Dude, those, two, those three guys, those four guys, marketing genius. But let's get into this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so Maz, I, I wanted to bring you on to talk about this whole thing. Uh, I ran is a big thing. Let's start with Iran. I, I knew it was going to... Iran. 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 Yeah, Iran is a... It's in the news right now. It is, once again, uh, the focal point yeah. of all that's wrong with the world. Yeah. The evil people. Yes. Now, this time, there's no axis of evil. There's just one evil dude. Just Iran. The other ones have all come, and now they're on our side. Yeah, we invaded right? them and got rid of that, and then the other one we're working on, oh. and this is the only one that's left. So, Iran. Iran. Uh, you are from, and the reason I wanted to talk to you is that we kind of talked before the show started was that uh, you and I were in the Arabian Nights. Yes. Uh, Comedy Central thought I was too Americanized, and you guys became the uh, Axis of Evil. Well, no, Ara- Arabian Nights was never pitched as the Arabian Nights. Arabian Nights was the name Mitzi Shore gave yeah, it originally, right, right, right. where she put in everyone that was brown that was not Mexican or, or, or black she was on our I show. She was Syrian. And I was like, yeah, I'm serious. Totally. Well, I called you up. I was like, are you – I go, your last name's Tripoli. Yeah. Are you Are you Libyan? And you were like, no, I'm, I'm half Armenian. I go, I think that'll work. We go close enough. We called them up, and they were like, that works. Yeah. So you were in, and like Ahmed Ahmed and Aaron Cater, and then there was like uh, Anand Chulani who was Indian, and then there was like some girl who was belly dancing that was white. It was yeah. just crazy. But you were great because on this one night, you got basically Ahmed Ahmed in, myself in, and you were nice enough to hide – in a closet, I think, somewhere, so Brett Ernst could get in. Yeah. And, and we became, and it was a glorious time for the Arabian Nights at the Comedy Store because people don't realize, like, we got spots every night yes. for forever. She loved us because she, first first of all, Ahmed was, was in because he did uh, one of those, like, uh, rock and roll nights with Jay Davis, and yeah. she saw him. Yeah. So she, uh, she saw Ahmed. You, I called up. 
uh, Duncan, who was yeah. booking, and I you said, and Duncan. Duncan, I said, Duncan, Sam is half Armenian. That got you in. Yeah. And then Brett Ernst was on a show where he was supposed to, and, and he was supposed to be up before me. And then Mitzi was there to see me. Yeah. As like part of, part of her, the guys that she wanted to see. So Mitzi was getting ready to leave. And so someone goes, Mitzi wants you to go up next. And I go, Oh, uh, I want her to see Brett. So tell them you couldn't find me. Yeah. So then Brett went up, killed it. He became a regular. Then I went up. So you got in so many people. Try, you know what? Whatever we can do, bro. But yeah. like, yeah, the Arabian Nights. So the Arabian Nights was this concept she had, which was because Mitzi's Jewish and she'd been watching the news. She'd been watching mm. CNN. And it was in 2000 when there was the Intifada with the Palestinian uprising against mm. the Israelis. And she saw all this crazy uh, um, conflict happening again. And she goes, I think there's going to be a need for a positive voice for Muslims and Middle Easterners. And in this the near was about future. a year, year and a half before 9 11, right? Before 9 11 so that's why she started giving us those shows and then she really wanted us to develop and she would talk to us like she would say things to me like oh my god like this is going to be great like this is the timing's great like you're going to be like richard Pryor, what he did for black people you guys are doing for people from middle easterners i mean i was like she was really like she, she was ahead of time she's she I, I owe a lot of my career to her yeah i owe everything to yeah. her and we used to go down to la jolla Every month, which people don't realize, like, you're lucky to do La Jolla once a year now. Yeah. Every month you're down there. Yeah. Every month. And we were just, it was a great time. Yes. We were very blessed. 9-11 happened, and we're all supposed to do a show in San Diego. I get a call or text from you guys. You're like, hey, you might not want to ride down with us. Yeah. Because uh, we have to go through the border. And I was like, oh, dude, I need material. Because, like, <laughs> I, I come from the Doug Stanhope school of how to get comedy. It's like. Whatever you got to do to get a joke, go for it. Like, oh, yeah. He's very famous. He, I remember him telling me a story about him dropping acid and doing, getting hired to do gay phone sex, right? And he dropped acid and he just did – and it's like Material. that guy well, – it's brilliant, right? Yeah. So we went down there. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Nothing happened. Right. But the reason I wanted to get in with this, because well, time out. One second. One thing that did happen. Now, first of all, I'm, I'm, we might have said like, "Oh, we got to go through that like uh, little uh, which checkpoint." Is, yeah, on which thing. is the which fruit is, checkpoint. Yeah, where yeah. They make sure yeah. you're not bringing in illegal fruit into yeah. California. And we were so, and we were so. Uh, uh, no, no, that's that, that's when you go from California. We're going down to San Diego. I, I think it was that truck, little the, not the truck, the one that you know, the secondary stop when you get into Mexico. They have a secondary stop. I'm sorry, when you get in from Mexico, then once you're going north on San Diego, they have a secondary. Stop. That might have been, we might have been so paranoid that we thought we we're going to get in trouble there somehow. No, but it's like a fruit. It's basically. No, no, the fruit is when you cross the border of a state. Mm-hmm. That's when you go from Nevada to California. It goes, if you have strawberries, go to the right. You used to do a bit about that. We <laughs> were like, I got my strawberries or whatever it was. <laughs> the fruit terrorist. But what did happen one time, because Mitzi actually, after September 11th, she stopped using the name Arabian Nights for a while till it would cool down. And then the first time we went back after, after 9-11, it was like six months later, we went down to San Diego. They put Arabian Nights on the marquee. We got a call from the manager go, go hey, we just got a death threat. He goes, we just got a death threat. Someone said, you're, you're putting up these Arabs. We're going to come down there and kill them. And the manager goes, you guys still want to go on? And we go, you know what? We don't think it's a legit death threat. And as you said, Doug, Doug Stanhope's school of comedy, we're yeah. like, well, if they try to kill us and yeah. we survive, that's some good material. If I'm the one who survived, I <laughs> yeah. got 10 new minutes, yeah. dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take that. They killed him. I get, I get yeah. the material. Yeah. That's how you know you guys are from the story. You're like, guns? Eh, whatever. Oh, yes. dude, craziest. Crazy. Yeah. But so this brings us to the time we're performing at the Laugh Factory. And you just gotten done with one of your shows. And... 
you know, I, I gave you the name that I'm pretty proud of, uh, Pelvis, Persian Elvis. Yes. you Because I knew you, I go, Steve Renazizi and Maz Jabrani are going to be the two biggest comics that come out of this group. I just saw, and both of you guys went on to do amazing things. Thank and, you, Sam. And both of them somehow involved 9-11, but that's okay. <laughs> um, so... You do the show, and afterwards you get you take pictures with everybody, and you I watched as this one woman kind of cornered you and was asking about how come you're not talking enough about what's going on in Iran, okay? Yes, yes. And I forgot what position she had. Yeah. Was it like f those guys or you? This you was said more. This was pretty- more recent. This was more recent. So what's happened is I'll tell you what's happened. This is the more recent level of conspiracy that happened. So. Iranians, just just a general background. Mm-hmm. Uh, in seventy uh, nine, there was a revolution, and the revolution brought in the Islamic Republic of Iran. So suddenly, these people who had been living under the Shah, myself included, my family included, who had been living in a in a society that was a little more westernized, um, uh, and under the Shah, there was you know he was a he was a dictator. End of the day, so there was still some some oppression, and and so there were people that would maybe criticize him that were let's say. Uh, uh, socialists or, or, or even even some religious types would, would, would criticize him, and sometimes it would disappear. Shah had the secret police. Um, but under Shah, it was not at all as crazy as it got under Khomeini, because Khomeini came in under the promise of, oh, everyone's going to now be able to enjoy the wealth and all this other stuff. But Khomeini came in, and then they made it an Islamic Republic of Iran. So suddenly, whereas women, like if you see pictures from the 70s and 60s in Iran, women are walking around with like mini skirts, and they're very westernized and listen to disco. There's movies. As a kid, I remember seeing, I saw Rocky in Iran. I saw the movie Rocky in Iran. I had Spider-Man comics. It was very westernized, or I should say... At least uh, in 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 uh, it was it was it was uh, um, in the world fold of of like you know we had Western influence yeah but we also had Iran you know we had our culture yeah you had your culture but with yeah. a Western so play. what happens is it comes in this Islamic Republic comes in and then they they are a totalitarian state suddenly women got to cover themselves up suddenly no no alcohol suddenly no Western influence and and if you're let's say whatever walking down the street with a girl if if, if the uh, um, uh, morality police want to stop you and say what's going on and throw you in prison. They can't. They really just like, just like it's crazy, crazy. Like freedoms are gone. So that's this. That's this current uh, uh, government. And so throughout these past forty years, since seventy nine till now, the government at times has been a little more like it's moved towards being a little more moderate. And the only reason that's happened is because the young people in Iran now are not as religious as those zealots who had taken over back then. Right. And these guys want their freedoms. And so we've had times, for example, in 2009 when there was an election and there was a lot of people saying that the government stole the election. So people went out in the streets like a million strong yeah, protesting. Yeah, right. Then the government showed up and just started shooting people. So the fact is this government is oppressive. Right. Uh, there's a lot of human rights violations, women's rights violations, you know, gay rights. You name it, they do it. They're not a good government, all right? Now... With that said, there are Iranians in the West and outside of Iran who want to get rid of this government, all right? So there's three minds here. One, my, at least that, that I, you know, there, I'm sure there's many mindsets, but three of them, that, three groups. One group is who I think is a majority of Iranians outside of Iran. They would like for this government to change, the Islamic Republic to change and become more free, become more modern. And open up more. But but they want, and myself included, want that to come in a way where it comes from within. 
so that the change co- so that the government right now realizes oh we need to give more freedoms to right. these young people and suddenly maybe it's not you don't have to be religious to be in the government suddenly there's more of a second maybe there's a separation of yes. church and state but but without bloodshed then there's these groups who go you're an idiot for saying that you're a pacifist you're doing what Chamberlain did with Hitler you're letting these guys get away we need to have America attack Iran and that's like there's a there's a lot of hawks they're yeah. called the hawks. The hawks, like you know, hawks versus doves, right? So the yeah. hawks want war. So there are a lot this of sounds like a musical about games. Exactly. Yeah. There's when a you're lot a of, hawk, you're a hawk all yeah, the way. To yeah. Your, exactly. So there's like a lot that. of so there's a lot of like like you know um, hawkish uh, Israelis like uh, Netanyahu who's pushing for America to attack Iran or at least let Israel attack Iran. There are people who still support the Shah who feel because the Shah has a son who lives in Boston. They feel that that he should go back and. Ru- Talk to his dad. Uh, well, his dad's passed away, so oh. he should go rule the government now. Right. Which they also are very hardcore. They're, if you say, oh, we should find a way to get change from within, they go, you're an idiot. You're supporting the regime. You're supporting the Islamic Republic. And therefore, uh, uh, they come at you. And the other one is there's a, something called the MEK, which is actually has been... Uh, Sounds like a dubstep band, it, yeah. DJ. They're, they're actually Mujah... Remember the Mujahideen? Yeah. Which was, so they're, Mujahid, they're another group of Mujahideen who uh, have been... Uh, in, they've, been, they've been called the terrorist organization. Yeah. They are Muslim and I believe communist. And so these groups want America to attack or they want to foment some sort of war and right. they don't care about the collateral damage that that's going to cause in Iran. They just want to get rid of the mullahs. So that lady who approached me that night when I was doing the show, I think a lot of people get upset at me that are uh, Iranian when I make fun of Donald Trump. And the reason is they go, why are you making fun of Donald Trump? He's a strong man who's going to help overthrow this government. Uh, Obama was a pussy because he made that deal with them. And also they go, Obama uh, um, gave them all that money, which, by the way, the money actually was Iran's money in the first place. But but he returned the money as part of the deal for yeah. the nuclear deal. Right. So these people get upset at me. And then they go one step further. They go, you should be making fun of the Islamic Republic of Iran in your act. And I've had some conversations with them. And I said, guys, there's a couple of problems here. Yeah. Number one is... I don't follow the day-to-day politics coming out of the Islamic Republic yeah. of Iran. I don't you know. You don't get IranToday.com? You don't follow Iran, number one. Are you following Iran on Twitter? <laughs> number one, exactly. And number two <laughs> is that I said a lot of my audience is not just Iranians, and they're not Iranians who are, again, uh, as well aware of what's going on in Iran. My audience, if you come to my regular shows, there's white people and there's Indians and there's Asians and there's everybody, right? So if I go up and I go, I go half the time, if I go up and say, blah, 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 Iran, my audience doesn't know the difference. They just they, stare at you. They don't know what Iran and Iraq is in right. America. They don't right. even know the difference. Yeah. So, and furthermore, I talk about what is on my mind. So let's say in the news something were to happen in Iran that I felt I could turn into a joke, a joke that would work, I would do it. And as a matter of fact, I do do that. I, I've recently started doing this joke about how, and this is true, I saw these videos on Twitter, Iranian women protesting against the government mm. by taking off their cover, their hijab, Oof. and videotaping themselves and going, we want to have a choice. We shouldn't have to wear this. It's so interesting when you hear that because it is... The level of bravery that it takes to do that is so insane. And then you have chicks in the West, in particular America, and I, this, I love women, so that, but it's like the no makeup filter where they're like, 
they put their picture on Instagram like no makeup, so brave. And you're like, yeah, that's not brave. I do that every day of my life. Yeah, every day I I take a picture of me with no makeup on. Yeah, to actually like go in a place. And not have your uh, what's it called? Hijab, the, the hijab. That like you could disappear. Absolutely. So there's actually been videos of these women taking it off, and then like some moral police or somebody confronting them, and they've like, yelled back at them. And I mean, they because the thing is, listen, these people in 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 the in, in Iran really have had it. Like these young people, because they have they imagine a lot, there's there's a high unemployment rate, um, there's high addiction rate, there's no opportunities for them, and they, and then they don't have their freedoms, and then and then you have the internet, so they're seeing the rest of the world. World, living their lives as they want to. So good for these young people for being able to do this. And like you said, it takes a lot of balls it's to bravery, do this. It's bravery, dude. It is bravery. So I, when I find something that I can bring to the attention of an audience and do it in a way that 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 gets a point across, then I do it. But this thing of like, why aren't you making fun of like, for example, I mean, the Islamic Republic, like they they are they like they've they've hung people and they, yeah. they they do a lot of this thing where they arrest people and they go you're a spy here you're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty over there you're a spy until you prove you're not except if you're uh, accused of sexual harassment then you're you lose all your shit and then uh, your your career is fucked sexual harassment until you're proven uh, not guilty but so, but the point is real quickly is what's interesting to me is so that lady and some people on social media do this to me too they accuse me because there's also just so just a side note there's an organization in America called NIAC National Iranian American Council oh. I describe them as like the NAACP of Iranians whenever something happens to an Iranian in the in the West they're the first ones to like complain about it get it out there you know fight for the rights of right, Iranians right, so what right, happened right. was they've been doing Doing a lot of stuff domestically, and when uh, when Bush uh, and company went into Iraq, there was a discussion about further going into Iran. Yeah. So Nayak took a poll from their members and said, mm-hmm. "Do you want us to uh, lobby? Not lobby, but do you want us to push for um, um, uh, diplomacy with Iran, or do you want us to push regime for change. regime change?" And a lot of the 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 the, the supporters or members of Nayak had said, we want diplomacy because we don't want a war with Iran because a war with Iran would kill 100,000, 200,000, a million know. innocent yeah. people. It I don't would know how be bad. It would be really dirty and ugly, and people would die in Iran that were innocent, and people would die outside of Iran because Iran has a, their hands in a lot of places. Right. So with all well, that Also, said, real quick, show me a place that has gotten better with us going in. Doesn't. They never get better. I mean, for everybody's like, dude, we want the U.S. come in and put it in. It doesn't get better. It doesn't make the the inv- invading forces, it's not in their best interest to have stability there. What's in their best interest is chaos. Yeah. So nobody focuses on anybody. And, and you see here in this country, everybody is at each other's throats right yeah. now because you just have a different view of the world. Yeah. And now, so nobody's focusing on, the, you know, we're worried about children in cages, which is sad. Yeah. No, I'm not saying it's not, but as we all focus on the kids in cages, a $180 billion military increase goes on quietly and nobody, because they put a cool name on it, yeah. Star Force, which is a ripoff of yeah. Star Wars, yeah. and you don't focus on it. So it's everyone's at each other's throats. Yeah. Nobody's really focusing well, on it. Well, that's what they on. did. You know, If you look at all the contracts that they got out of the Iraq War, they made a lot of money. They got a lot of contracts out of it, but you also got to say what came out of the Iraq War was ISIS, and it also was a lot of innocent, hundreds of thousands, million Iraqis innocent It's over dead. a million. 
million. Yeah, whatever that number is. So you got to look at it like that. And I think that so because so because Nayak and others have said we don't want war with Iran, they point at you and they go, then you are in cahoots with the mullah. So online, a lot of times, if I criticize the Trump administration, or if I or wow. if, or if I or if I say I'm for diplomacy, because my idea with the with the Iran deal was it wasn't perfect, but I said we tried 40 years of yelling at each other. Let's try a little bit of diplomacy. Let's see if we can bring this current government of Iran into the world fold. And if we bring them in and the economy still doesn't improve, which it was not going to improve that much because their management of the economy is bad. So still I feel that what would have happened is that the people that have been skimming off the top, they would have continued to do it. And then the people there then would, if they were to protest or revolt, then the government would have no one to point a finger to. When we have these sanctions on them, anytime somebody protests, they go, well, the reason we're not able to give you guys jobs and wealth and everything because of the sanctions of America. It's all on America. But if you turned around and tried diplomacy, then they couldn't appoint it America. They would have said it's our mismanagement. Yep, yep. Right? So with all this stuff in mind, what they tr- what they did was a lot of people started doing these, like tying uh, the, the guy who heads NIAC uh, loosely in like articles and stuff saying, oh, he's connected to the, somebody in the Islamic Republic of Iran. And then because... That would I, be called a shill. We exactly. Get, I get called the gay Jew shill constantly yeah. on the So shill. because of that, then if I, if I support anything <laughs> that Nayak is saying, then they go, I am also... So these guys will straight up be like, oh, he's in with the mullahs. Now here's the, the irony of it all. So there's a group of people that want to start war with Iran who think that I am somehow in with the mullahs. And I, I, I haven't really... Igno- I haven't... I, haven't I, I don't... I don't uh, um, uh, uh, what's the word? I, I don't um, engage because you can't. They're, they're just nutty because all you have to do is look at my history. I have openly criticized the Islamic Republic of Iran. I when the 2009 election happened and uh, the, there was a lot of protests around the world. I actually there's a picture. I mean, you know how Facebook sends you a picture. Oh yeah. Going, oh, this memories? was seven years ago. Yeah. So it sent a picture of me with a shirt that says "Free Iran." I'm hosting a human You're rights about 175 event. 175 then. Exactly. 175. <laughs> I'm hosting a human rights event. Yeah. So what I've said is, and this is what's funny, is these people that say I'm in cahoots with the government of Iran. I've said that if I go back to Iran, I honestly feel that they would the government would arrest me because it would be like you've criticized us, you have been online saying things about us, and they can find that stuff. So what's interesting is, so this side is saying that I'm I'm a spy of some sort for them. A friend of mine, this guy named Jason Rezaian, who is a reporter for the Washington Post, he was in Iran and he got taken into prison. What? Yes. This was a big thing. He was on the Anthony Bourdain episode. Wow. Yeah, and he's this guy. He grew up in the Bay Area. He'd moved to Iran. He was living there as a Washington Washington Post reporter. He was in prison for like a year or so, and he told me that in one of his interrogations, my name came up. And oh, that, my and that they, God. They told him that I was in with the Israeli lobby. Oh, so my God. they think I'm a spy for the Jews, and these guys think I'm a spy for the Muslims. And in the middle, I'm just trying to tell jokes, sometimes being political. Maz, you know, that was something we really talked about, too, back in the day, about, like, the pressure and the danger sometimes of what you're doing because you have still family over there, right? And, like, yeah. you could say something... That I mean, we're seeing it right now in Turkey with this and his cancer, right? Yeah. Uh, his dad got arrested, uh, and he's saying it's because he's been so active against the Turkish government that they've arrested his. He's like a center for the New York Knicks, uh-huh. and that's some real stuff, man. That like 
I remember you kind of used it to get out of Mitzi telling you to dress like a genie or some shit like yeah. that. But the truth of the matter is, is like there's real ramifications if the joke is taken the wrong way. Absolutely. And what you realize is that you can't – first of all, you can't please everybody. I'm just a comedian trying to be funny. Like I would never – like I have political opinions. Like one of my biggest pet peeves is when people go, stick to comedy. I go, you know what? Sh- shut the fuck up. Why did it – you know, why did it – like there's people – and I'm not going to say their name – these very big – like uh, these big celebrities who like get political, but it's like when they do it, it's not smart at all. Right. And it annoys people. But like, why should a guy who's basically created like a million dollar, two million dollar brand talk about pot? Why should Joe the plumber? Absolutely. You know, yeah. why, and nothing against people who do plumbing, but why does one job warrant we, somebody talking and another job we doesn't? We all should be able to express our opinions. That's the beauty of this country. And I just keep reiterating that. Even when people criticize me for criticizing Trump or they used to under the Bush administration, I was doing jokes about Bush at the comedy store. And some girl was in the front. She's like, I'm in the military. You can't make fun of our commander in chief. What is that? I mean, that's the whole point. I go, we're going into Iraq saying that we want to bring democracy into Iraq, and now you're telling me I can't practice democracy in America? Stupid people ruin everything. It's crazy. And the fact is, look, the comedians that I like are the Richard Pryors and the George Carlins and... and, and Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. Thank you. And, uh, and so I like... Listen, I, I if you see my act, I, I talk about political stuff, I talk about kids stuff, and I talk about silly stuff. So there's a fart joke in there, but there's also a joke about Trump and, and his travel ban, because that's real to me. I went down to the protests on the travel ban, and now people... What I want to tell these people and I do tell them sometimes like that lady who can you know confronts me after a show my message to them is always like if you don't like what I'm saying then go go start your own blog yeah. This is my opinion. This is who I am. Forty six years old. These are my opinions. This is where I stand. I grew up in Northern California. I'm very liberal. I'm going to have a lot of liberal ideas. And the fact is that uh, I I, I want to criticize Trump. I, he gets under my skin, and that's the topic yeah. that I'm on right now. Now, if the, another topic comes to mind, and I, I'm not here taking your request. You can't come to me and be like, why don't you make fun of— Yeah, you're the, not a jukebox. Yeah. Why don't, you take my, why don't you make fun of the interior minister <laughs> of Iran? I'm yeah. like, who, who is the yeah. interior minister? I don't know who that Guy, person what's is. what's up with Shemakha Exactly. <laughs> what? Who yeah. yeah, for yeah. 100%. I yeah. mean, like, I do feel right now, politically, is probably one of the best times to talk politics. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Three years ago— uh, I think if you bring politics, you could literally hear the crowd's like engine seize up, yeah. like like you didn't oil it. Yeah. Like ah! you know, I do feel now is more open to political talk than it was before. Uh, I do feel that we're living in dangerous times right now. I mean, we see right now today there was this whole thing on Instagram or social media. They were showing, um, they were showing like protests in I. Iran, and then when people break it down, that's a picture from another country at another time. That's, One of the signs are in English, yeah. and you're like, why would it be in English? Well, See, and that's another reason why, because I'll get all once in a while, I get someone tweeting me something going like, why aren't you supporting the protests in some city in Iran? And I usually go and Google it, because I'm like, I, I like exactly what you just said. I don't know who this person is. I don't know how legit this is. Let me read it. Let me see what who's protesting why. Because sometimes like the protests are like it's the it's the hardliners protesting for more hard for the government to be more hardline. Yeah. So if I retweet that and go support the protest, then these people are gonna come back going, oh, see, he wants the country to be more hardline. And really, my I mean, I, there should be a page like uh, almost a Wikipedia page, but uh, but a personal statement page. You know, in your in your in your, in your <laughs> resume, you used to put personal statement like. Uh, 
uh, desire to you know excel in marketing yeah. and one day run a company, yeah. whatever yeah. it is. There should be a personal statement page where you could go put your personal statement and be like, this is how I feel about Trump. This is how I feel about the Islamic Republic of Iran. This is how I feel about blah, 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 blah. If you have any questions, go look at that. Yeah. That's the statement and it's public and then let's move on. So stop accusing me of supporting the regime. I don't support the, the government, you know. Um, and don't come at me with your stuff because I don't know what's legit, what's not. But once it's legit or once I see somebody who I follow, let's say, for example, my buddy, again, the, the reporter, if he posts something, then I go, okay, this guy's probably done his research. You know where he's coming from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I get that a lot. We get that a lot on the show. Uh, things I retweet, tweet, I get told later, this isn't real. This is Now, uh, the Obama administration had passed a... Uh, propaganda law, which stated that the U.S. government can use propaganda against uh, against its, uh, United, uh, against the citizens of the United States, and uh, one of uh, Brett Ernst's uh, poor judgments was to uh, say we should use propaganda <laughs> against our and everybody collectively went, "What? Uh, it's good. Propaganda's good." Nobody's ever said in the history of time. Well, the unfortunate thing, whether it's legal or not, or there's a government behind it or whatever, it's just there now. I mean, it's well, there. It's done now without it's any like crazier no, than ever yeah i mean because I mean, like if you look at like those nazi films and stuff now you look at it you go well, how could somebody fall for that yeah but whatever was going on then and the rah-rah fervor that was going on then they would see it and they'd be like oh this sounds this sounds a pretty objective i that- think at some point the the they realize the internet is so big they can't control it. i mean the eu right now is trying to basically censor the the internet. What they're doing right now is they're creating a program where everything you post has to go through an AI, yeah. and it will tell you whether it is illegal or like hate speech or is whatever, it legit or not. Which right. is the scariest thing in the world. Yeah. I mean, there's a the big push behind this is Israel. They've stated it before. Uh, they have a ton of people on Wikipedia who basically go through everything and just if they don't like it they think it's negative they, well, they well, go through and here's change. what here's what's crazy about that because uh, you know when youtube for example found out that there was a lot of hate groups that had videos online whether it was isis or skinheads or nazis or whatever and they and advertisers were advertising on there so then youtube freaked out and said we're really going to scrutinize all of our clips mm-hmm. well I have a, a Lance Patrick runs my uh, social media. Oh, I and, love Lance. Yeah, Lance is great, and he was like, "Listen, let's let's get your YouTube whatever." And there was another guy named Cyrus who was helping out before too. And so we just started taking my stand-up clips and putting them up, uh, the, the clips that had already aired on Showtime or whatever. And now it's like they're just sitting there. Let's just put them on YouTube and let's get let's monetize them. Right. So we'd put them up and he would come back and be like, we're getting flagged. And now the reason we're getting flagged was, so for example, one bit that I did was I was talking about how like watching soccer is like, uh, is like having sex in that like it's, it, it, you have to watch it from the beginning because it builds up and there's all these fake like, oh, 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 off the post, you know, oh, you know, think of dead rabbits, you know, like. So the fact that in the title it said sex I think it raised a red flag. Oh, for sure, dude. And we're like, what the like, what the hell? So Shadow what happens? Band. Yeah. So so this stuff starts. Shadow banned. Or like, I would do something about like you know, I do jokes about uh, something, blah blah blah. Like one of the titles of my specials is "I'm not a terrorist, but I've played one on TV." The world, te- the word terrorist. Oh yeah, gonna get lit up. I'm like, what the? He-? So I'm the joke has you know, it's not at all offensive or whatever, but it's getting it's getting flagged. The YouTube channel that I have, which we put all of our posts on. Um, has 20,000 subscribers. 
you know, which is great. And uh, but I'm still not monetized. I can't get monetized, right? Because the subject that we talk about on the show leads to that, and this is the beginning of like their attempt. To control the information. It's gotten yeah. so bad. I think it's blood in the water. I think they can come up. For every move you make, there's going to be someone who finds a way to counter that move. Absolutely. But what I want to get into real quick is the, the whole thing is that with a lot of this stuff in that we're dealing with in uh, what's going on in Iran, yeah. is, uh, w- is there a dark hand involved? Uh, is there a dark hand of people who want to destabilize Iran and basically get the world to hate it. And there's a, you know, we, we call it the deep state. A lot of people call it the deep state. Some people don't want to get into that. I personally think the deep state involves bankers, uh, the CIA, FBI, Mossad, MI6, right? Is MI6. That, yeah, MI6, this group of, and not everybody in these organizations are a part of it. They're right. always just a small, like super passionate group of people who, who, who basically work for a, 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 an invisible hand yeah. to to control and get certain outcomes that will help them. Sure. And that's kind of what got us into is like Project Ajax, which right. is a very weird thing because, you know, this show is about conspiracies, but kind of we all talked about before, this isn't a conspiracy. This has yeah. actually been proven the CIA has, in fact, yeah. so, owned up to it. So a couple of things. Going back to all these people and the interest and all this stuff, you know, as, as we said before, whether it's like the Iran nuclear deal where one side is going, let's try diplomacy, the other side is going, let's go to war. There's also been, somebody was pointing this out, was that these hawks, the current hawks, are... Somebody was telling me that their goal is to do what Saddam Hussein had wanted to do with Iran. Iran is actually this country that has many different ethnicities within it. There's Kurds, and then there's like Turks, and then there's you know people from like the south. There's the- Shiites and uh, Sunnis, right? Yeah, it's mostly Shiite. Religious-wise, mostly Shiite, but there's a lot of people that are that aren't even religious there. And there, but but Sunnis. What is would the, be the difference minor. between Shiites Shiite and Sunni? It's kind of like saying the best way to say it is like Catholic and Protestant, right? Mm-hmm. One of them believes uh, that the that Islam goes, you know, that that the lineage should go one way, and the other one believes the lineage should go the other way. So Iran is the biggest Shiite country. And Saudi Arabia is the biggest Sunni, Sunni country. Yeah. But then you go to Iraq, it's a lot of Shiites, but it was ran by a Sunni, which exactly. was Saddam Hussein, exactly. who controlled the area yes. and and made it very, like, I don't want to say atheist, but non-religious. That was a big thing. Well, I don't know if it, I'm not sure how religious it was. He was definitely, he was a dictator who was, you know, he was Sunni, so it was a minority Sunni country running a majority Shiite country, which, yeah. on just to kind of branch off for a second, it leads me to believe that the Bush administration was up to something when they went into Iraq to lift Saddam Hussein out. If they're saying that their first enemy is Iran, even back then they were saying Iran is behind a lot of stuff, um, They, uh, uh, someone with basic political science knowledge would go, wait a minute, you're taking the one guy who's holding control with 20% of Sunnis, you're lifting them out, and you're going to have 80% Shiite, and the neighbor next to him is the biggest Shiite country who's your biggest enemy, you're playing into the Iran's hand. Like the, 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 the overthrow of Saddam Hussein, Saddam was an enemy of Iran. Yeah. So, the, so the overthrow of Saddam actually played into Iran's hands. So if somebody really wants to talk about conspiracy, you've got to go, so the Bush administration must have known that they were doing that. Now the question becomes, why did they do that? Possibly, like you said, more chaos, more contracts. Possibly because it was their end. They had Afghanistan, then they had Iraq. Now they got Iran surrounded. They wanted to go into Iran. I'm not sure what exactly it was, but those are all theories. Well, there's also the the uh, you know the uh, general McCar. What's his name? General 
The se- the hammer and the nail. What's his name? Schwarzkopf. What? Wesley Clark, hammer yeah. and nail. Yeah. After 9-11, he goes there, and they're like, hey, dude, it's even worse than we thought. Here is the list of all the countries going to go in there. We are currently now bombing most of those. That that group, yeah. you take that list, and you coordinate it with the list of countries that did not have federal reserves, yeah. centralized banks at the time. Yeah. It's pretty much the same yeah. list. Yeah. Then we get into the petrodollar, what we yeah. see with Libya, Iraq, yeah. Afghanistan, is this desire to get off the petrodollar and back oil by gold, which is a big no-no. Now, we've seen this now with China has now, they basically back it either by gold or back it by the yen or whatever China's money is, and that's a big blow to the United States. A big blow, and I personally think this is a big reason why within two years we've seen a giant jump in military spending, even though the rest of the world can't even compete with us. Can't even compete, yeah. We just keep, keep growing. Yeah. And, you know, Operation Ajax, it's very interesting, you know, with everybody yelling about the Russian collusion and all that stuff. I personally, uh, I think we could break down why Hillary didn't get these votes. It is what it is. That's not really the point of this thing. But Operation Ajax was the CIA basically coming yeah. in. So. So real quick, sorry. I just no, want I just want to finish. The one thing was that the, so Iran has all these different different groups, right? So one of the one of the Saddam's thing, and now uh, the, the hawks here in in an effort to not attack Iran, they are also there's a theory going on of fomenting. Uh, conflict within so they can cause a civil war within Iran. Let them kill each other, just like in Syria. Now, who is doing this? This is the current st- group of hawks that want to go to war with Iran. Here in the United States. The ones that I told you earlier, whether it's like the Netanyahu Israelis or it's the or it's those the, the pro-Shahs or the MEKs or whatever they are. One of the theories is that they want to take a, a play out of Saddam Hussein's book, which is let's just foment war in there. Let's, let's get these different groups to fight each other and separate Iran into five different countries because yeah. there's so all these different ethnicities, yeah. right? So now if you take that all the way back to the 53 coup, which is Operation Ajax, Operation Ajax was interesting because, you know, it's the history of Iran is so interesting because you, you pick Iran, you can pick, you know, some of these other countries like, um, you know, uh, some South, South American countries, uh, other countries in the Middle East. You just see how they get in in a way, and then they they find ways to to control and to play ball. That you, you you've read Confessions of an Economic Hitman. Oh yeah, great, great book. book, right? And so uh, Ajax, what had happened was that uh, the West had been um, uh, the, the, a- after World War One, the Shah's dad. Uh, who had been a general in World War One? He became the monarch in Iran, mm-hmm. and the Western powers were um, were uh, you know good with him, and he was fine. And he in for in terms of the Western you know where the West stood, and back then it was still England was still the superpower. And so they, you know, they they they'd already set up uh, the their oil company. They they knew there was oil in Iran, and I think if I'm not mistaken, I'm not sure what the percentage was, but they were getting a lot of oil, a lot of resources out of Iran. Then what happens is as World War II starts happening, now Iranians, the word Iran, comes from the word word Aryan. We are the we, like we come from the Caucasus Mountains. We're the original Aryans. Armenians are like that too. Yes. People, people, you know why? I'm like I'm from the Caucasus Mountains. You asshole. Exactly. So we are ethnically speaking, we're Aryan, and so it's interesting because you know not Aryan nation, but we're Aryan ethnically speaking. So as World War II comes and there's Hitler and Mussolini, suddenly 
this Reza Shah, the 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 father, the the the, the you know he the, he would be the grandfather, of the current guy who's still alive. He starts saying like uh, he starts saying like you know I I'm kind of like what these guys are talking about you know Ooh, Mussolini and Hitler. Mussolini and Hitler the white power sounds about right to me <laughs> so then the West goes then the West with uh, Iran I mean I'm sorry with the U S and England so they go uh, we can't have that so then they make a deal with him they go this is what we're gonna do you're gonna be put into exile and we're gonna let your son be the king and that was the young Shah. Uh, the young Shaw had been educated in, in, in Western schools. I think it was Switzerland or somewhere, but he was very, you know, came up very um, posh and, and, and just Western educated in the sort. So he was 21 years old when he was put into power wow. in Iran. Yeah. So there's all That's this. some LeBron James shit right LeBron there. LeBron James shit, exactly. So there's all this, like, amazing footage of this young guy with, like, a sword. Like, they made it all, like, something, you know. There's, like, I think there's, like, late, mid-40s, like, after World War II. Uh, mid to late 40s he's walking in with a sword and like there's all these people standing there but he's got all these advisors that are old hawks well they're they're, they're the guys who are going to tell him how to run the country right right right. so you've got the you've got the monarchy at the time who is playing ball with the west and the west continues to have their oil in you know they, they continue to take the oil from Iran and by the west I do mean it was it was called I think it was BP British Petroleum so what happens is Iran also has a parliament. And just like in England right now, right now in England, the monarchy is just uh, – um, it, it's it, the, the government is run by, by the, uh, the parliament, not by the monarchy. But the monarchy does have some – Power. Power, but they're There's not- a discussion that she, she technically owns – more land than anybody else outside of the Catholic Church. Right, right, but but their po- but their political power right now is more symbolic. They're, they're not passing laws or whatever. Maybe they advise or whatever, but still, Parliament is supposed to do that. That's stuff, what right? the belief is supposed to be. Yeah, of course. So Iran had a similar thing. You had the monarchy, and then you had the Parliament, and so the monarchy with the Shah, the young Shah now, and then his father gets exiled. His father, I think, passed away in South Africa, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. And, it, and it's kind of a sad ending because he was supposed to, like, back then, you know, you don't get on a plane, you get on a boat. And he was supposed to go somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, he was supposed to go somewhere. There, and, like, Shaw was supposed to send money and, like, the money never came or something happened where, like, the guy basically, like, passes away, kind of forgotten, the, the father. Yeah. So now the Shah's there. is fair. Yeah, exactly. So the Shah's in there, right? And um, so he so, – so he's – He's got symbolic power, and he's got the West behind him. Then there's the parliament, and there's a guy who's the head of parliament named Mohammad Mossadegh, and that's I'm the name. I'm so glad you're here because yeah. I knew I was going to butcher all exactly. these names. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, Mossadegh, so Mossadegh is this professor, this older guy who heads parliament, and he's the one who says to the parliament and to Iran, he goes, hey – um, why do the British have our oil? We should nationalize our oil and kick oh, the Brits out. That's where the beginning starts. That's of the beginning of the end, yeah. <laughs> so he manages to do that. Now, here's now where, it passes with majority, too, right? Like a huge yeah, majority su- voted for this. Yeah, the parliament supports him because a lot of Iranians go, yeah, why are we giving all our stuff to, to you know, because what would happen is, you know, the basically they called the Shah puppet, and they were saying, like, the Shah was getting richer and what have you, but playing ball for with with the west and this guy was telling the west to just basically go fuck yourselves get out of here yeah and so the other backdrop that's happening now is this is now early 50s we've got the cold war going right so you got russia that's trying for communist power and 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 influence and america who's trying to get capitalistic influence right so 
Russia's on the border with Iran, and Iran is a very important country, A, because of the oil, but B, because of its location. It's got uh, um, access to uh, a sea, and it's got also uh, the, the Persian Gulf, I should say, and it's right there on the border of right. Russia. So what the so it would be like what on monopoly what would they be like a park avenue they're not quite the park park avenue and boardwalk would be like russia okay. and the us but it would be one of those yeah. like big ones yeah, leading yeah, into yeah. you right? need it to get the 200 bucks so what happens is the brits come to the american this is operation ajax the brits come to the americans and they go look this dude mossadegh is nationalizing oil um, but more importantly, because they realized the Americans might not care as much about that because it was British oil, but they go, the, what Americans will care about is the Cold War, the whole domino theory. So they go, if this guy Mossadegh takes over, he is very leftist. He's like a socialist, and the communists are going to take over because there was. There was a communist party. There was the, – Iran had all the different oh, yeah. parties. So they go, if you guys don't get rid of this guy, Iran's going to go communist. So that's when the Americans go, oh, shit, we can't let that happen. And there's a book written by Kermit Roosevelt, who is like the, I don't know if he's like the nephew or something of Teddy Roosevelt, one of the Roosevelts. Yeah. He supposedly was the mastermind behind it. And they came up with this whole thing because what happened was, so when Mossadegh nationalizes oil. He did do it. He nationalized oil. And the Shah, the young Shah, feels the heat. And he goes, oh, this isn't good. He's losing power fast. So he goes, I'm going on vacation to Rome. So he gets like his wife and they take off. Like they're gone because they're like, we're out of here. Yeah. Because they felt like something was going to happen. Something's would, coming. Yeah. There was going to be a revolution. The palace was going to be overthrown. And then suddenly the monarchy would be gone. Right. And, uh, and Iran could have been a democratic government without a monarchy, possibly. Right. So while he's gone is when the uh, uh, English uh, with the CIA – they uh, go in and they do the coup d'etat of, seven, uh, of 53, which is they go in the streets and they have, they have CIA operatives starting protests. Yep. And they're going, we're anti-Mossadegh. You know, this, we don't want to go two-day. The party was called the two-day party. We don't want to go two-day. We don't want to go communist, blah, 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 blah. So then suddenly people rush Mossadegh. Uh, like his residence, and they pull him out. Oh, my God. Yeah, so they pull him out, and then he's got to go live in exile because there's this thing. <laughs> and then the Brits and They the Ameri- pulled him out and beat him, or are they like, hey, you got to get out of here? I, I think – I'm not sure exactly. I actually was reading a book. There's a, there's a great uh, – there's, there's this professor at Stanford University. His name is – last name is Milani, M-I-L-A-N-I, Abbas Milani. He wrote a book. It's really thick. I was reading it. And it had like the beat by beat. I don't think they, I don't think they actually physically harmed Mossadegh. I think they just were like, look, there's tanks coming and there's protesters coming. We we see this whole thing has played out after this as well. I mean, that is the playbook mm-hmm. of Iraq. I mean, there was all talks about how these protests of these people in the streets pulling down that not real. Like yeah. they broke it down. Like the this is not what these people do. These people aren't from it. Where do they come from? They all show up. Now here we get into the tinfoil hat area. A very famous report called Redline Ratline, which it basically breaks down that there was this accusation within Syria was gassing his own people, right. and then the UN got in there quickly because they saw what was happening because they saw it had happened in Iraq. The, uh, they go and they test the chemicals. It's not. It's not serious chemicals. 
They're actually similar to the chemicals that were taken from the same thing that went on in Libya, which was basically, it's a famous quote from Hillary Clinton, we came, we saw, he died. And it was basically they'd gone in and they raided his war chest and some of it was chemical weapons. And those were the chemical weapons that were found in there and therefore before action could be taken, they were said this is not the chemicals that he, he, he had given up. Right. And uh, so we see Redline Ratline, which is the whole story of why is this guy Brennan die at that? Is it is it blessing Brennan die in that um, the um, Benghazi attack? Yeah, the Benghazi. Yeah, why was, is this guy was that Holbrook or was that I, I forget who that? Well, yeah, I forget okay. the name. But we'll yeah. get the name in two seconds. Yeah, the but ambassador. This guy dies, and everyone's yeah. like, you know, he kept asking for more security. He kept asking for all the shit. It never came. And that, to me, is what the real issue of Benghazi is. I think they put out the email thing so people dismiss it. But was, did they leave this guy out to dry? Because he knew, and we found this out later on, that we had funded... I mean, if you look at Al-Qaeda, dude. I mean, it's basically come out that Al-Qaeda was used by us to uh, fight... The Russians in Afghanistan. They were the Mujahideen. The, they were the Mujahideen uh, fighters, and we, yeah, we f- helped fund some of that. Of so I, yeah, ISIS yeah. is the exact same thing. I mean, I, I, I didn't have time to look it up, but you know, Trump had ended the funding of ISIS, and then quietly later on, it was re, uh, it was put out. Now you talk about the videos of ISIS and all that stuff. Later on, the, an anonymous source comes out that the the U.S. government had paid a British PR company to make these propaganda videos. Because I was like, dude, who is ISIS's social media guy? <laughs> that guy is freaking killing it. And right. they, they go back and they start fi- and they they go all the way back to the email and the email is located in the British Parliament. Right. Of the guy who's running these these things. So this is something we see where an outside hand and it's so funny we get so angry when these Russians they're meddling in our in our elections, and right. we just have full on thrown coups in here, yeah. all based on the 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 oil and the 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 inability to let somebody run their own shit. Well, you know what's interesting? First of all, I, I used to do this bit where I said, if you have oil, it's like being a drug dealer. You got to know when to get rid of the shit. Yeah, you'd be like, oh, the Americans are coming, flush it down the toilet. They're coming because um, you know it's it's. I, I heard somebody say when when this whole debate started with the Russian collusion and everything, somebody was like, we know the Russians were doing stuff to affect this election because we know because we've done shit like that. Yeah, we've done shit big, you know, and and that's what I was saying about all these different countries. We find ways, you know, that the the Operation Ajax was one of the uh, one of the most successful. Because because a lot of times these guys they have these plans and they're a little bumbling, which which is when you read about it, you go how could that guy how could that guy go to a bar and tell some you know waitress that he was about to go overthrow Manuel Noriega or whatever the thing is right? right so we hear stuff like that Ajax was one that actually worked and then America apologized for it under Clinton Clinton was like because the papers came out like the New York Times like I think they printed something where it was a big document that showed. That, that that this had happened and and Clinton actually apologized for it because a lot of Iranians point to that now and they go you know and I and I actually do a, a little bit in there because I do, the bit I do is I go I go I don't I go I, I go as a parent now I got a lot to worry about like this past year I told my son Santa doesn't exist and I and it was really hard but he actually oh, my fa- next door neighbor told me that I got so pissed at her that's dude. funny dude how <laughs> old were like, you do you know, fu- do you know how old I you were like super young oh that's funny she's, and she's like Santa doesn't exist Sam what are you talking about I'm like uh, what uh, my no. shattered I'm yeah. like now I got a drug problem yeah. Yeah. you know shit's getting yeah. weird thank you yeah. Lois. <laughs> 
Well, my son figured it out. My son asked me, he's like, well, let me ask you a question, because if Santa exists, why did I see the gift he gave me the night before in the trunk of your car? I was like, oh, shit. I go, Santa must have broken into my car, put the toy in there, and then taken it out. I think that's going to be what happens when uh, kids start doing math and realize that most likely their parents hooked up on some Tinder date and got like knocked up right out the gate. You're Hilarious. like, you ever do that where you do the numbers and you're like, you got married here, this kid's this old? Yeah. So you guys were pregnant when it- someone just told me a story about he had his friend. He goes, my friend like had like never had sex, and then there was this one girl who was like having sex with everybody. Oh, somebody and then he had, always knocks that chick. Yeah, off. he had sex with her, and then he goes, then they had to get married because he was like he was very religious, and then they, now they're like happily married with three kids. And I go, so when he tells the story, he's got to be like, son, your mom was a slut. So- yeah, <laughs> son, your mom was a tom bike. Everybody wrote her. So so getting back to. Uh, the joke I was doing, and this is what I was saying, was like, so the Santa thing, and I go, I don't remember when my parents told me Santa didn't exist, but I think it was on our flight leaving Iran at the revolution coming to America. Because I specifically remember when I was in America, I remember like in the second or third grade, I was telling the other kids there's no Santa. So someone had told me along the way. So in the joke, I go like this guy Peter was writing a letter to Santa. I go, what are you doing? He goes, I'm writing a letter to Santa Claus. I go, Santa doesn't exist. He goes, yes, he does. I go, bro, Santa's not real. Yes, he is. I, I just came from the revolution. There's no Santa. And I go, he goes, Santa's real. I go, no, Santa's not real. But the CIA is. So if you want to write a letter... Write a letter to the CIA. Tell them to stop interfering in democratically elected How governments. Old you then? No, no, I'm saying no, no. I'm saying this is the joke I oh, do. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. But the joke is like, write a letter to the CIA. Tell them to stop overthrowing governments that were democratically elected. So I don't have to come here 30 years later and burst your bubble because that's what they do. Like a lot of people point to that as the moment. And 53 was the moment when Iran could have possibly prospered under a democratically yeah. elected government. And again, listen, I, I won't. Like the Shah also did good and bad for Iran. Like a lot of it was good in terms of like westernization and and modernization and bringing more wealth and power to the country. But and then but 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 really that overthrow is one of those moments where and and that and now you know a lot of Iranians because of that and because of the amount of uh, you know the Brits getting the oil and all that stuff. A lot of Iranians are conspiracy theorists. So they even feel that Khomeini, they feel that Shah, there's a theory that goes on that says the Shah was taken out because the Americans felt that he was getting too powerful in the region. And so they helped get rid of him. They put Khomeini in. And if you look at after the Shah was gone, talk about instability, right? So ever since 79, you start getting even more instability in the region that you've had than, than before. So a lot of people point to that as another American playbook or Western playbook. What is it, and by the way, the playbook that's going on right now with you, with uh, Syria is the exact same thing as what happened with uh, uh, Iran. What is the history of Israel and Iran? Iran? History of Israel and Iran is interesting. So Iran actually, uh, before the Iranian revolution, Iran had the biggest population of Jews in the Middle East uh, outside of Israel. Because there's a lot of Persian Jews. And you know now in L.A. there's a lot of Persian Jews. Yeah, you'd often talked about how Ahmed Ahmed would do jokes about racking Jews. And uh, you'd be like, dude, there's a lot of Persian Jews out there. They yeah. get somewhat upset about those jokes. Yeah, and it's interesting because I, I would say a lot of the Iranians that I know are pretty secular. They're not like they're Muslim by name. Uh, they're Jewish by name, you know. But then there's some that are uh, obviously more religious. And, and you have some Persian Jews who would consider themselves more Israeli than Iranian. Like, they hate the government of Iran just because of the government being this Islamic republic, right? Um, so 
the history has been a little bit, there's been some conflict between, you know, Israel and Iran. I mean, there's been a lot recently because of the whole, the religious thing. But but even currently, I would say, because I don't think there's that many Jews in any of the other Arab countries in yeah. the region, I think even now there's more Jews in Iran. In the, the Iran is the second highest population of Jews in the Middle East are still in Iran, I believe. And they even have some in parliament in the sorts. So the governments, I think, have always had conflict against one another. Iran obviously backs Hezbollah. Um, they've, you know, helped arm them um, and 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 fight the Jews and all that stuff. And that's the government stance. Again, I go back to the people. I think, look, you're going to have in America we deal with racism every day, and you're going to have Iranians from both sides of the aisle being like, you know, oh, it's the Persian Jews, oh, it's the Persian Muslims, you know, calling each other names. But most people that I know seem to get along. I don't think that there's, yeah, for you know, sure, on dude. the personal level, there's no conflict. On that, the on that level, there is conflict. And then, But then when you dig deeper sometimes, and I don't know the details of this, but sometimes when you dig deeper, sometimes there's arms deals being done between these countries where you go, wait a minute, like, if I'm not mistaken, I think the Shah had some sort of military deal going or arms deal going with with Israel or something against Saddam Hussein. I'm not quite sure, but that's something for people to look up. But you do see that these people, they're like, they're strange bedfellows. For example, right now, Saudi Arabia and Israel are strange bedfellows because they both want a weaker Iran. Yep. So they're pushing for America to be aggressive with Iran. So suddenly the Saudis and the, and the, and the, uh, and the, and the Israelis, who if you were to look at like on paper or if you were to look at in the, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I've, if there's official Saudi government officials going like, "Oh, we are friends with Israel." I don't think they're able to say that. It's very interesting, dude. They do a lot of arms deals together. Um, I mean, I, here's where we get in conspiracy world. There's a lot of interesting stuff that is discussed on the chat boards of uh, the conspiracy places. I don't know if you've seen it. Right now, there's an investigation going on. Uh, they call it Obama Contra. That uh, that Obama had pulled um, the DEA off of investigating whether Hezbollah was selling drugs in the United States. Huh. Uh, there's a real – and CBS just ran on 60 Minutes this whole thing about how all these guys voted basically to, to take the teeth off the DEA to investigate – uh, really uh, suspicious packages like okay. on, on things. So, so the whole theory is that now this is the conspiracy part of uh, of uh, stuff that I've seen. Now the whole, you know how we uh, oh, oh, Trump says, oh, we're not, we're gonna pull out of Syria, and then a week later he bombs Syria, and yeah. everyone's like, okay, they got him. Now, just this is this is what done a little research, and this is the conspiracy of what things people think is going on. So Obama does this deal with I Iran, yeah. Iran, right? Yeah, Iran. And uh, he sends them all this money that is not really that is actually their money. They free them up. I don't know if the money actually gets there. That's what that's what I've heard. Um, so this this uranium one deal goes down, which is the United States sells ten percent of its uranium to the Russians mm -hmm. through this weird back channel. There's a panel of 10 people. Uh, two, one is Obama. The other one is Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. uh, money is funneled through Hillary Clinton. Now, the conspiracy comes in that the belief is that this deal is done to set Russia up for something later on and that some of this uranium makes its way to Iran. Mm -hmm. And that what was actually getting bombed them, because uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Aaron, you seem to know all this stuff. We haven't bombed Syria since that weird kind of bombing that had happened. 
Yeah, I think the, I think the second bombing that ha- we've bombed Syria from at least publicly, from what I know, we've bombed them twice. That was the first time you saw those tapes. You remember he did the big one, he did the big bomb, and that yeah. was it. Like it was yeah, an airport. Yeah, I yeah. always say the Middle East is like a twenty-five year old comic. He bombs nobody. Ca- he doesn't yeah, care yeah, anymore, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. They dropped the mother of all well, bombs. It was funny to me because he was like, hey, it just shows you how like uh, how ill-prepared this guy is to be where he is right because his comment was oh my god i saw that videotape and i thought wow some really bad stuff is going on there or something like that and i'm going dude nobody showed you that stuff's going on before oh dude i mean like my whole theory is that he's just a puppet they they really are i mean i'll say this i i always say the difference between obama and trump is like your significant other is cheating on you right do you want to know or don't you want to yeah know? yeah because yeah. the more and more we see oh like take the kids in cages right yeah the kids in cage everyone's like the kids are in cages rah! and it's like yes that is fucking tragic and wrong yeah. well the aclu comes out do we do we agree the aclu is uh seems to have a little bit of honor to it and it's yeah. a good thing they come out and said that there's 60 in 60 000 instance of ice under Obama, separating kids, doing all this shit, and doing all this crazy stuff. Right. And, like, it goes down to Obama is he cheating on you. They don't tell you because right. you love them. Right. And then Trump does it, and then it's crazy. I like nobody. I'm just right. going to tell you. I'm on no side. Right. So the whole deal that this is is that some of this uranium makes it to Iran. Right. And that they don't do it in Iran. Iran, they do it in Syria, uh-huh. and they start developing these weapons in Syria. Right. And what was going to happen was they were going to come out once it's all made and be like, "Oh shit, they have nuclear weapons." Okay. Who gave them the uranium? The Russians, and that's how it was going to be moved in uh-huh. to getting us to go. Because basically, our beef with Russian goes all the way back to the who are the famous uh, Kazakhstan. Who's the old tribe of Jews? The Sars. Oh, you're talking about the... The uh, Kassars, right? Yeah. You know, you're talking about the... Uh, uh, Azakanazi? Yeah. Ashkenazi. Ashkenazi. Which is the old... They, they were forced at one point to become... They had to choose between Muslim, Christian, uh-huh. or Judaism. Uh-huh. And they picked Judaism. And they talk about how the Judaism... Re- Numbers just doubled at one point, and nobody right. knew why. Well, because all these guys became uh, a part of that. But that's where the fight between Russia... And uh, basically, the World Banking Organization, they right. consistently kick out, uh, you know, like, and I also believe the, the Rothschilds are the boogeyman, that they're just the face right. of this darkness, that they, that's the face you put on. But it's really the Bank of International Settlements, right. which is basically the bank that runs all the, the centralized banks. Uh-huh. If you're looking at Russia's in it, China's in it, and the United States, all, like, all these people who hate each other, they're all ran, their banks are all ran by the same, same people. Right. So the whole notion is that, my whole point is, is that there are dark forces at work that kind of don't see us as people. Don't see the Iranians as people. Well, you know, I think, I think, you know, I think that there are people who see the world differently than, uh, than, you know, I do, for for example, I think that some people like this whole thing with like the tax breaks and the and the. There's two arguments. One is that if we give tax breaks, then people are going to go and reinvest that in employees and hire people and give them higher wages. Right. Or number trickle two down, is right? yeah, or number trickle down. Or number two is they're just going to go buy more boats and houses. And I I believe it's the latter. Me too. And I think that so I think there are people who see the world like you just said. Some people who go. You know, like like whenever you criticize, whenever I criticize Trump online about any policy of his, a lot of his defenders come down and go, "Oh yeah, well, what are the jobs looking like where you are?" Or like, "Oh, you know, you you aren't you? I hope you're enjoying the better economy." And I go, 
wait a minute, you're saying you're willing to close your eyes to every other atrocity in the world just because you're going to make an extra $1,000 a year? Did you see Rand Paul when he was on Wolf, uh, Wolf Blitzer's no, thing? And he's no. like, uh, we sold these weapons to the Saudis. They are doing, I mean, the, the Yemen, it's like historical yeah. fucking human atrocities are going on. And Wolf Blitzer goes, well, you know, if we don't sell them those helicopters, uh, light, you know, jobs are going to be lost. I'm like, yeah. How do you say that yeah. and sleep at night? Yeah. Well, there was a great movie. It was called Why We Fight. It was a documentary about that whole uh, uh, Eisenhower era, and it was it was a good documentary. And it talks about the military industrial complex. So half the time, you know, they go, "We have to go to war because we have these weapons that are sitting here doing nothing." We so ran we out of this. bombs, dude. Yeah, we got to do something. I was in Oman uh, doing shows, and Oman is a pretty is a tiny country in the Gulf, uh, and and it's and it's uh, it's kind of like a laid back beach community like you go there and you just hang out and it's not it's not that hardcore and uh the leader of oman the emir or whatever was visiting some hotel and you saw like tanks and helicopters and all this stuff coming and the guy who was taking me the the promoter goes you know like 30 years ago or so whatever 20 30 years ago he goes that dude used to drive around town with like a couple of cars and a security and that was it and he goes but the americans convinced him he needs this level of security so now everywhere he goes it's like three choppers you know all these tanks and shit it's just crazy dude nothing's worse than when obama was in la and it traffic oh, yeah. oh. would just like stop the and worst. you're like oh it's the worst yeah I, I i don't know i don't know how we fix the industri- military industrial Complex. problem we have yeah we have a real problem here yeah. and you know again we're getting conspiracy world here i believe that's why there's a whole push against a freedom of speech i think there's a whole push against uh you know the second amendment because what people don't understand this is me talking not the guests this is me talking that our military is used as stormtroopers there's no other country that is used like ours i, I don't care what you say maybe israel but it's not uh Australia, it's not England, it's the, our country. Our country is used as stormtroopers. We kick in doors, blazing four fours, you know, and therefore, uh, we are the people who are telling you we need to disarm everything are the same people who are behind the atrocities in Syria and Yemen. And I'm sorry, dude. I mean, we got a media that tells us to all there's the, all these shootings and it's horrible, and they are horrible. I'm not doing that. But these are the same people that a year before that are like, cops are out of control. And then they're like, a year later, they're like, oh my God, you know, we cops should only have guns and stuff like that. To me, I think we have to watch ourselves, man, because the only way this is all going to be able to stop is if the U.S. population demands it. And, you know, if you don't think that they'll get crazy with us, I mean, look what's going on in Yemen. Look what's going on in Syria. I mean, we're talking atrocities. Atro- I mean, dude, a million people dying from famine. I mean, like, it's, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart when I watch what's going on. I, I, and it's, I can't, you know, it's like comedically, it's making it really hard to go up and do stand-up right now. Because I see what the rest of the world's doing, and it's it's hard to do like uh, chicks are crazy jokes, <laughs> well, right? You don't, you don't think there's a, a stand up room on the Death Star? <laughs> you don't think that the stormtroopers need to take their helmets off every? You know, now and I then? think I think a couple of things. I think first of all, I think you can do stand up if you are able to find a way to even just get the get that news item across. Like I did a bit in my special in the uh, immigrant special where I was just talking about how Trump needs to take credit for his words. I go even if you say you like the guy, you have to realize that 
his words emboldened racist. So t- I took a moment that was, it was very serious. There was no punchlines. And I go, for example, I go, I believe that his words led to, and this happened, a man in Kansas taking a gun, going up to two Indian dudes sitting in a yeah, restaurant, seats, shooting right? them. I don't know if they were Sikhs or not, but he shot two Indian dudes. They didn't have turbans. They just, he just shot two Indian dudes, killed one, drove off to another bar and told the bartender, I just killed an Iranian. That's what he said. So in his mind, he just killed an Iranian. Why was he trying to kill an Iranian? Probably because he heard Trump say something about the Iran deal or whatever, whatever, whatever. Point being that uh, I took that moment and it was a serious moment on stage and I brought that out, but then I, kept, I was able to keep going into jokes. I think that you can work stuff out. Like a lot of people don't know about the atrocities in Yemen because we hear Syria, we don't hear Yemen. Yeah. There's a lot going on in Yemen. And so, yeah, listen, man, I, I think that, that, that you're right. There's a lot of – we got to look a little deeper behind stuff and, like, why are some of these things happening? Why would somebody, uh, you know, have the self-interest of, of, of um, you know, doing the things that they do, whether it's a Democrat or Republican or whatever? Yeah. That's a good question to ask. I mean, dude, look at this. I mean, it's just – I don't know if you ever follow Lee Camp. He's on RT News, and he gets demonized for being on that. But, I mean, he brought that up, man. Once the, the nuclear uh, – once the deal with Iran was – I mean, not in, with North Korea was like kind of like – it's not done yet, but it's like, okay, we're moving forward. You know, Noam Chomsky talks about how Trump conceded to one thing, which was if you agree to de- denuclearize, we will stop running military exercises right. outside, which has always been – the big part with North Korea. They're like, we'll do this. Stop running military exercises. Yeah. And they're always like, nah, fuck you, dude. We're yeah. running them. Yeah. You, you get, and he's like, no, dude, we're not going to do it unless, and for whatever, you know, you got, when, if someone does something wrong, you got to give them shit. If someone does something well, you got to be like, okay, that's a good thing. Yeah. And he said, I think we could work on that where we won't do these military exercises outside right. of what you're doing. And, but, Lee Campbell saying that once this peace agreement was being moved forward, the stock prices of mi- these military industrial companies dropped right. hard. Right. And it's like, it's like war is good for them. War is good war for is the economy. Good. Yeah, and yeah. it's bad. But it's like, why yeah. doesn't anyone look at that? Yeah. And go, you know, it's like it's obvious. War is good for the economy. I mean, that's just what it is. The war on terror is like the war. It's like the war on terror, the war on drugs, and now the war on space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's space. just like they're all money grabs, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Well, Maz, I love you to death. Uh, you got anything? Yeah, to bring it full circle, I like that your comedy and you use your platform to bring people together as opposed to, you know, it's all about uniting. As It's easy to divide. And I like that. That's what the message that comes across what you've said today. So. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I was actually in, in, in uh, Atlanta this past weekend. and Five sold-out shows? Five, six sold-out shows. Oh, we did well. We did well. And, uh, and there was a guy who came who, I guess, afterwards he was upset that I made Trump jokes. So he tweeted me a couple times. And he wanted me to explain stuff to him on Twitter. And then he's like, maybe next time we'll get a drink. And I was like, that's the only tweet I responded to. I go, you know what, bro? Yeah, let's get a drink. I'll tell you why I can't stand this guy. Yeah. And so, I again, even when I make fun of him, I try to lead with like, look, I know some of you guys might have voted for him, and that's your deal, but here's why I don't like him. And I, I just tell hey, people. You know, you're allowed not to like him. Just I don't like, like, I don't like allowed the guy. Not to like Obama. Yeah. And not to like, I don't really know any president. I could tell you, maybe outside of Carter, and I give me a little time, I'll find some war crimes that guy did too. Yeah. And I, I mean, I just don't get into it. I'm a Ronin. I'm not in any party. I just, all I want is love, and all I want is peace. 
and there's enough piton. There's enough out there for everybody to get some, dude. And we shouldn't be our economy. I love the United States. I, it breaks my heart that our economy is built on the pain and suffering of brown people around the world. And it makes me pause and think maybe we got to change and sit and go through some dark shit to get done. Maji you're, Bonnie, the, you're the John Lennon of conspiracy theories. I'll be dead soon. I love you very much, dude. Thanks <laughs> for doing too. this. Thanks, Bye. Sam. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs>